Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wait, I don't know why I keep forgetting how to run. B A Q A. It's time for the B A Q A A the B A Q A. What to say? The B A Q A with Monday. The B A Q A with Tiffany. The B A Q A A. I I don't know why, but my little my little brain can never remember any of the songs. We have already requested that some of y'all sing sing us those songs when I'm forgetting. You know, we could just pull you up. Anyway, Mandy, are we doing career money? What are we doing today, girl? Ooh, let's do some career, some juicy, juicy career questions. By the way, your camera finally de-blurred for me, and I was like, look at that Michelle Obama shoulder coming girl. out to play. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes, we're going to dive into some career questions today. But before we do, I wanted to share an update. I love when y'all send us updates. And this, I know the story now. So this, this person who we call Theo... Submitted a question last summer. He was an engineer, chemical engineer, and he was wondering, he'd only been in his job for like a couple of months and he got another opportunity that was going to pay him something like 20% more. And we answered the question, I don't know, like a month, like, I don't know, a few weeks later, it was pretty quick turnaround for us. And Theo slid into my DMs last week and was like, I know you guys never answered my question, but I wanted to give you an update. And I was like, wait a second, Theo, I remember your name. And I showed him his episode. I'm like, we answered it in September. And um, he had had no idea, but he was so sweet. He gave us an update and he said, I'm writing in to update you since I accepted my new job offer last September, which increased my salary by 22%. Listening to my question being answered on the show brought me so much joy and personal affirmation. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to um, update you sooner. But the company I resigned from, because we had cautioned him, like, if you're going to quit after a couple of months, do it respectfully and understand they may be, you know not happy about that. The company that I resigned from, he said, respected and understood my reasons to leave. In fact, the company president was happy for me. He he did say that he was hopeful I would last at least a year before departing. But he also said that they were in no position to compete with the new offer. Otherwise, he would have extended a counter offer to try to keep me. Everyone congratulated me and I worked my last two weeks before transitioning to the new firm. Now, eight months later, I am expanding my experience and knowledge base as a, oh, a construction cost estimator. I don't know where chemical Ooh, engineer came from. Sorry, my sister Theo. does that. Carol, she used to do that. That sounds fancy. I am also utilizing my MBA outside of my nine to five to pursue real estate entrepreneurship while also using social media to set a foundation for a digital media and consumer finance marketing business. 
And this is the funny PS. Side note, Tiffany, you are hilarious. Without seeing me, your visual depiction of my physical ap appearance was spot on. I indeed wear glasses. <laughs> I don't know what you said about him. <laughs> I but just the way he's phrasing his email, I'm like, he for sure. <laughs> a chemical, come on, a chemical cost engineer or estimator. Come on now. Um, so that was from Theo. Thank you, Theo. I hope you hear this episode before eight months go by. And congratulations on the on the money moves. Yes. I'm really curious to say what I said. <laughs> what did I even say? I don't remember. I just be talking reckless. <laughs> I have no idea. But you were right. Your instincts were right. <laughs> that was sweet. Yes, Theo. We love that. And with that, shall we get into our questions? Tiff, you want to read number one, who we both were like, ooh. Ooh, yes. Juicy, juicy. Ooh. So we're going to call this person FOMO because that's what they call themselves. FOMO that's says, <laughs> hello, please keep my name anonymous. Well, we're calling you FOMO, girl. <laughs> I found out recently that my supervisor had a social event which only certain people on my team were invited. Mm. And I was not invited. Since my supervisor is in charge of our annual raises, that made me very uncomfortable. What do you recommend I do? Bring up my concerns to the supervisor directly, a higher up manager or HR? In the past, when I discussed things with HR, I just came back. It just came back to a manager who pulled me aside to discuss. I do not feel HR has our backs. They don't. Um, I'm, am I overlooking the whole situation? And should I let it go? Appreciate your expertise and feedback. Thank you, ladies. And keep up the good work. Love your podcast. Ooh, Mandy. What do you think? First of all, I think that your manager is a doofus and should have some more tact than that. Because like, if you're going to do something where you're excluding a part of your team, you have to have a really good damn reason to be doing that. And you need to be candid and open about it. You know, I'm all about managers and honestly wish I bet more of y'all wish they would do this, leave you off of meeting invites when they're not relevant to you and out of respect for your time and all of that. But a social event that you don't invite everyone to, it's giving mean girls, it's giving high school cafeteria, it's giving 13-year-old Bandy who was shattered because no one came to her surprise party. Like, I, why would you want to make someone feel that way? It's just bad management on the front. I do not think you're overthinking it, FOMO. I really don't. I think that you're right to feel some type of way about being left out. The unfortunate thing is like Tiffany kind of muttered, HR ain't got your back, girl. Like, at least in this situation... First and foremost, HR wants to protect the company. I and was if you've already say, had a, I was going to Right? <laughs> and if you've already gone to HR and they've shown you what they will do, I don't want to paint HR with a broad brush. I've had the experience of working with some HR partners who would like do the right thing and try to get the manager pulled aside by their manager and make it a situation that they could rectify. But you never know. So, But in this case, they've shown you before what happens if you speak up and speak out about your manager. And it wasn't the result that you wanted. I think in this case, if you were going to speak up about it, I would probably go to the head of the department where your manager, like whoever they report to, and let them know your concern. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily make it because I wouldn't say, you know, this is because my manager, you know, manages our raises. I would say, hey, you know, I'm a little concerned because a social event was held and I, along with other colleagues, were excluded, and it was not a pleasant experience. And I want to understand why it happened, and I'd like to know that in the future, we'll be given the courtesy of either being invited or explained or, you know, given candid information about why we were excluded. 
because like as a member of this team, it made me feel excluded, made me feel left out. That's if you care enough FOMO to try to make things better. The other thing I want to say is this is a classic symptom. I just wrote about this the other day of being quietly fired. Have you ever heard you heard of that expression? It's kind of lame, but this is what people, people call it quiet firing because of quiet quitting became all the rage. But poor management, when they do not like an employee for whatever reason, when the employee's work is not what they want or they just have some beef with the employee, bad leaders, poorly trained leaders, people who don't know how to give candid feedback to help develop talent, they will find these ways of quietly firing you, quietly icing you out and making you feel isolated you know, making you feel like no one's paying attention to you. They'll do it. This is one great example of being left out of an event. Another example is being forgotten from an email chain that maybe you should have been included on, being left off a meeting invite for something that directly impacts your team or your work, being left out of the loop for decisions that affect your everyday work and not given the respect and courtesy to be brought into that. And and the other, you know, major symptom of being quietly fired is if they are not giving you feedback on a regular basis. If your one-on-ones are getting rescheduled, if they're avoiding them, if they're limiting them, if you don't have them at all, because what that opens you up to is all of a sudden they can come to you and say, Hey, you really screwed this up and we're going to have to put you on a performance improvement plan. Um, And by the way, it's your final warning, which happened to one of my coaching clients. And I'm just like, and it's their cop out. It's what they do when they don't, Either they don't want to or they don't have the training themselves to properly manage someone and develop someone and get the result that they need out of them. Um, But what it does is like it makes you feel shitty and then you quit. You end up quitting on your own, which takes away their burden of having to be the one to fire you and makes their lives easier. You know, so this is what that's bringing up for me. And I just hope like if you've been experiencing this, then I would almost I would almost say like, why go through the trouble of trying to make them a better manager by bringing it up and wanting them to improve than just like getting out of there, you know, which is a shame because it's their fault. So it's really going to come down to like how bad you want to stay with the company because if you like the work you're doing and you, you feel like you're doing great work, you like the company, you deserve to stay um, and you deserve to make it work for yourself and you should, you know, talk to the higher ups and see if there's another team you can be on or, you know, see what can be changed. But if there's other reasons for you to be moving on, like they're not giving you any reasons to stay FOMO. So might be time to go. Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing I would add to that is if you are thinking like to Mandy's point, because a friend of mine just got let go and she was like, wait, she just, just got this big project, thought it went well. All of a sudden her calendar seemed real light because she was calling me every day like, hey girl, what you doing? I'm like, aren't you usually busy? She's like, I am, but it's light. She's like, I met with my director and... They were like, oh, we don't have anything right now. And then she was like, wait a minute. Um, and then sure enough, you know, uh, like um, like um, about a month or so later, she got let go. But because she was kind of like prepared, she started to like stack a little, you know? So what I would do is whether you're going to leave or you think you might be let go, you know, if you have not been seriously like looking at your emergency fund, just like turn your attentions there to be like, you know, is there, you know, what can I do to put a little extra something here? And honestly, I'd be reading to see. So for her, thankfully, she was able to, her company 
um, the the six days that you have, they pay you for that. So she just started to really look at like what if I do get let go, like what what is the money gonna kind of look like so I can start making moves. Mm -hmm. She updated her her resume, her cover letter. So she was kind of like ready. So literally when her supervisor brought her in, she said, can we just talk? She was like, is this where you let me go? And she was, they were like, oh, yeah. So she was ready. So she had her cover letter. She had her resume. She had stacked a little bit of money in a couple of months where she realized things were light. And so I would just prepare for the worst, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. So when it comes to working for any company, you always prepare for the worst because- mm -hmm. As even if this wasn't a situation where like, you know, your manager wasn't a child and didn't invite people to his his or her party. I mean, like, <laughs> come what on. the hell? Like you can even you can love your colleagues, have this whole family vibe. But when the when the axe comes to grind, that sounds like a very violent metaphor. When it comes down to it, the bottom line will be the company's success, the company's survival, and they will cut you. You know, so I think you you have to. That's why I'm so grateful that I was laid off my first big girl job in New York, because it just was that wake up call that I needed to never really expect to be different and expect to be special. So special that I was one of the lucky ones who wasn't let go. Um, and so I totally agree to if you have to look for those signs and not take it personally, because it it's really not about you. It's about the company. But then just do what you have to do to accept what you can control, which is your money, your job prospects, your networking, like your friend did everything right in terms of like getting her LinkedIn, her resume all up together. And FOMO, I'd be saying the same thing. Like, don't don't make yourself really easy to find by recruiters and hiring managers in your field so that you have other options besides staying at a place where you're dealing with this baby manager, you know, and then let the company see if they're willing to retain you and you know, if they want to, then you can be like, well, here, here's what's got to happen. We can't be having any more of this, you know, exclu exclusion and, you know, these behaviors from the manager that have made it really hard for you to, you know, feel like you're a part of the team. Yes, ma'am. But that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Don't worry, FOMO. You know, we got you. And that's a good, like, you know, hit us back. Let us know. Like what happened one way, one way or the other. One way or another. I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna Anyway. <laughs> you wanna take a break, Mandra, so we can come back with one I would, more before question. We have to pay someone pay someone royalties <laughs> for singing that song. <laughs> yes. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with another juicy career question. Hey BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 
350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed Data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition, rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right. So this one, actually, I love it because it's I feel like this can cut career. It can cut business owner. Um, And Tiff, I definitely want to hear what you have to say about this one. So let me get into it. This comes from an anonymous listener. So we'll call her Stephanie. Stephanie says, what would you say to a friend and colleague who amplifies your ideas, but isn't giving you credit for them? An acquaintance from college worked as a contractor on some projects for my business last year. We hit it off right away because we share a lot of the same values and we both started businesses focused on helping other women and people of color. We no longer work closely together, but we've kept in touch and cheer each other on from afar by attending each other's workshops and speaking events. Recently, though, I've noticed that she's recycled a lot of the content I've produced in her speaking engagements and on her social media pages promoting her business. For example, in a recent speaking engagement, she included an idea that I discussed with her, but she took credit for it and didn't even mention me. On Instagram, many of her posts are incredibly similar to YouTube videos I produce for my business page. Her website also appears to have lifted language that originally appeared on my website. My gut is telling me she doesn't mean any harm. She's the kind of person who often turns me turns to me for advice and has said that my work inspires her. Mm. Seems like it. 
Given that our businesses are targeting similar audiences, I would expect some overlap in themes and ideas, but this is making me uncomfortable now. I've muted her on social media for my own peace of mind, but I'm wondering if I should address this directly with her. I'd feel guilty about doing this as she's gone out of her way to do favors for me in the past and I've helped my career. What would you do? Well, this has happened to me several times, several times, several times. (laughs) Um, Some super egregious where literally it was copy paste where Mm. the person actually blocked me on their email list. And this happened twice, blocked me on their email list and copied and pasted like word for word, like a series of like, I remember I have my literature challenge. It's still, you know, like available for free. So they literally took the literature challenge, copy pasted so much. So one of the emails said, or my name isn't Tiffany girl. <laughs> Cause <laughs> at first I was so like, I literally went to her was like, so one, cause it was my sister. Cause you know, the thing is you might block me from your email list, but like my sister was randomly on her email list. And she was like, she literally said to me, she's like, I think someone's doing your literature challenge, you know, like, just like you. I was like, well, I didn't invent financial challenges. She's like, no, but that, it sounds just like you. I was like, let me see. So first I was reading it and I was like, yeah. And then, um, so I reached out to her and was like, hey girl, so it's looking like you're copy and paste. And then she was like, no, you know, you're not the first person to ever do a challenge. I was like, you're right. So I literally screenshotted where my name was still in it. And when I tell you, I'd never heard from her. It was like seven years and I saw her at an event and she came to me and apologized. She like never wrote back after she took everything down, but she, she was, so when, when I saw her, what she did say was, I was really ashamed. I'm so sorry. She blamed it on her, her admin from like another country or whatever. I was like, girl, but she was just like, but I was really ashamed and I didn't really know how to like, so I accepted the apology and it was just like, okay. Um, and someone else that had done that before and and honestly, it's happened to me several times. And I will say that if it's egregious, where it's literally like copy paste, I will reach out and just say, hey, this seems like a lot of my work. I just want to bring it to your attention, you know, you know, so I don't accuse, but just like, you know, this seems like a lot of my work and I want to bring it to your attention. Can we have a conversation? Um, and then there's some people where it's not egregious, but it's enough where I'm like, mm. and I don't honestly, I typically don't say anything because it's enough where if I say something, it could easily be like, well, girl, you're not the only one that ever said that. I'm like, yeah, but you know me, if you know me, you know, I love a turn of phrase, you know? And like, I just make up my own and I'm like, you don't even talk like that. And so every once in a while, there'll be someone who I'm like using like my turn of phrases all the time or whatever. And I let those go. You know, what I don't let go is copy paste. This is your work. But like mannerisms, turn of phrase or whatever, I kind of just let those go because one of the things that my really good friend Cabral always reminds me is people can only ever do what you've already done. So they're late, you know? And so that's what he reminded me when I complained to him about it. And he was just like, now if someone literally copyrighted, copy paste, you know, girl, have your conversation. But these other things, you know, you've already done this thing and they can only copy. They cannot, no one can be more Tiffany than Tiffany. So just continue to be yourself. And so that's what I would say. You would have to decide how, um, egregious it's been. And if it felt like a direct copy and paste versus like, uh, this makes me feel uncomfortable. And it doesn't mean that you can't say anything like, um, it doesn't mean you can't say anything. Cause I do believe that, you know, people should feel free to, to, to speak up, but just be mindful that like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun and you know, like how you, sh- how that it's not accusatory. 
Um, especially if it's not a direct copy and paste. So that's what I would just say. But like, girl, you know what you're doing. And she know what she's doing. And it's difficult too, because you say that like she's turned to you for advice. So like you were in a bit of a mentorship role and your work has inspired her. And um, I think a lot of the work that I do too, now that, now that I'm getting more into the space that Tiffany's occupied for, you know, over a decade now, and I'm just, I'm a couple of years in, it is sometimes hard to tell if someone's doing it intentionally or because of something that you wrote. And so I get your hesitancy to be like, I don't want to come out outright accusing her, but you can't. But if, you're, if your spidey sense is telling you something, um, it could be a good lesson for her to at least know that you're seeing it and you want to have like a candid conversation about it just as colleagues. And this is one of the reasons. So when I, I started doing my webinar, I have a nailyournegotiation.com. I have a negotiation webinar and there wasn't really anything like it when I launched this um, uh, last year. Not anything in the way that I do it, like specific to salary negotiation and stuff that I could see. And I did my competitor research. I think it's important for us to be paying attention to our peers. I try to do it in a healthy way to where I'm not comparing myself and feeling bad or feeling like behind. But I want to have something unique, right? Like I want to create something that is different. And like Tiff says, like there's nothing new under the sun, but our point of view, our take on it, our spin on it is what makes it different. And I know that there's lots of career coaches, but I want to have something unique. And I spent time going through my webinar and creating, like Tiffany, you have your sayings, I wanted to create certain, I wanted to name it something, you know, so I have my five-step maker method. I talk about something in my webinar called the compensation cupcake, you know, like these kind of, I coined these phrases, I coined these phrases that then... If someone's like talks about a compensation cupcake, I'm like, it's probably that they got it from my webinar because I'm the only, uh, you know, I check on these things and I make sure that I'm, I don't know, one of few or the first or whatever. And I think it helps to make your titles and your like little, like if you're going to name a method or it seems kind of kitschy and cheesy, but I do think it helps differentiate you, stick in people's mind and make it a little bit harder for people to just lift it, you know, because if I was going to call my 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 method, like, or not even have a method, but just say, this is how you negotiate your salary, then it'd be a lot harder to say, okay, someone has taken her method or copied and pasted it. But I made it unique by calling it the five-step maker method and having it broken down the way that I do. And from like an intellectual property standpoint, because um, I there sometimes it's so egregious and if it's really taking away your business, then maybe a lawyer um, is is necessary, probably not in your case, but what I've heard is once you write something and put it out there, it's copywritten. Like it's, it's you have a copyright against it. If it's, it's intellectual property that you created, you don't have to like go trademark and get every single thing that you produce copywritten, copyrighted, copyrighted. Um, but you do want to like have a record of it and be able to at least say that I have ownership of it. Because if you do want to pursue legal action, then, you know, to have that, to have those receipts is going to be important, um, you know, moving forward. Because it's IP is like yeah. the, it's critical. Is the foundation of our businesses. Girl, I told you like all year, we, our ideas are all we got. Yeah, like year three of Budgetista because I have a everyone should have Google alerts on their business and it was like bing mm. your the Budgetista is on this like think of like the top five banks that you see on the corner one of those banks right and I was like oh my god are they featuring me it was a little Asian lady like hi I'm the Budgetista I said. <laughs> 
God. That's not me. That's not me. So I didn't know what to do because I was so, but thank God, baby Jesus, teenage Jesus, middle-aged Jesus, and, you know, could have been old man Jesus. Thank God that a friend of mine, um, like a year or two prior, was like, have you trademarked Bajanista? And I was like, I don't have any money. And he was like, it's like, I think at the time it was like 75 bucks or 150, something like that. He was like, put it on a credit card and I will sit with you. And like, so we, I didn't, I couldn't afford to hire an attorney. So he sat with me and helped me trademark the budget. And he said, thank God, because, and so I didn't even have to reach out to them within like 24 to 48 hours. Somebody must've done a Google search over there at the bank, at the big bank, because it was gone. You know, but I had this, like, I trademarked the budgetista and they were using it in a way that, like, that's how I show up. And so I just say all that to say, to Mandy's point, that, like, you know, like, um, certain legal action may be needed to be taken, may need to be taken. But what I love what you said, Mandy, which is true, I love that even if you are teaching, like, a budgeting system or a negotiating system or whatever, that's not new under the sun. But I love the fact that Mandy creates, because I do the same, creates, like, this is the cupcake system. This is the Mandy moneymaker system. So if you hear it again, you're like, like Mandy? Like, that's why I, my 10 steps to financial wholeness, like, right? I actually trademarked the word financial wholeness, or the, the phrase, because I, that's something new. It was, it did not exist before. No one was using it casually. So I wanted, when you heard it again, you're like, well, one, Tiffany owns that. And then two, like that came from here. So I'm always looking for a way to rename like a normal thing into something that can be traced back to me. And so like, no, I love that. So like, and, and honestly, the thing is people are going to copy all the time. You're not going to be able to chase down every single person. So some things I just let go. And unless it's like I said, super egregious to Mandy's point, there's litigious activities you can participate in, like having an attorney or, um, you know, certainly you can confront them and say, what the entire hell is wrong with you, girl? So let us know, honestly, because that's really like, yeah. I want to know if you actually had that conversation, how it went. Girl, do you throw um, hands? I mean, you know, we don't condone that, though. <laughs> we don't condone that. <laughs> I had, there was um, another creator. We've had her on the show, Delian Barrows. She's been public with this, but another creator basically copy and pasted her whole sales page. I remember. For her, um, yeah, for her stock. And she did an Instagram live. It was for her sales page and all of her, I think her emails and stuff. It was really sad. But she had all the receipts. And she named the person because, I mean, this person was getting more popular on social media and like actually making sales. And, you know, I I think that that's brave of Delhi to do that. But I also think you have to kind of be a be a ti not tiger mom, just be like, you know, protective of your work and be willing to fight for it and put people on blast if they're egregiously doing it. And her community, people like me, like telling us so that we we know we're on alert and we can you know, unfollow. I think she was, you know, I think I sent the, a DM to the person because I had, I think, met them before or something like that. Like, this is really bad. Like, what's going on? And before we knew it, her page was private and kind of taken down. Um, and, you know, and Delhi had her um, her attorney, attorney also yeah. send like a cease and desist. Yeah. But um, yeah. So in that case, I'm like, you can't, I'm glad that you muted her, but also I'm just like, keep one eye open for like, like Tiffany said, the ghoul alert, even having an admin, like I would, that's actually smart. I could have my admin crawl pages and just check so that you're not really exposed to it. You're not in that comparison trap. But I do think it's important for us to keep tabs on what everyone else is doing um, just in case. Yeah, to throw legal hands. Lazy and sloppy. You know, because that we do mm -hmm. condone throwing legal hands. 
you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, not at us, though, because we're your financial besties, <laughs> not your financial advisors. We didn't say that part. Not your financial advisors, not your investment advisors. So sue them, not us. Yes. Take what we say with a grain of salt, child, the smallest of the grains. <laughs> yes. Well, this has yes, been a ma'am. fun BAQA. If you have questions that need answers and you don't mind taking them with a small grain of salt because we're not your mama, cousin, auntie, uncle, attorney lawyer or otherwise, um, please go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click like the contact or ask us anything button so you can ask a question. You can DM us on Insta. We're Brown Ambition Podcast. We're the BA Podcast on Twitter so we can tweet us. And any other place that the people, oh, what is it? Brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com? That too. Just everywhere. If you can't find us, it's not... Because we did not make ourselves Girl, we're here. Okay? okay. Try the bare minimum effort and you can find a way to contact <laughs> yeah. us. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> if we've ever answered a question, honestly, we love updates. So, like, you know, send some updates. It is fun. Yeah. Make we sure you put the updates. name in that we called you. You know, like, if we if your name is Sarah and we called you Tanya because we protected your identity, just be like, y'all call me yeah. Tanya. So, Oh, yeah. can you hear that, Miss Stephanie and Mr. Miss FOMO? <laughs> I really want to hear back on these questions. Me too. But until next week, BA fam, I'm uh, Mandy. I'm Tiffany. That's Tiffany. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Imani Crosby and Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. I am your co-host, Mandy Woodruff Santos, and we will see y'all next week, BA fam. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.